but the entree was simple fish and chips with catsup. Martin drew some comfort from these inconsistencies between apparent tastes and actual habits. His relatives were human after all. Uncle Harry's tongue gradually loosened more, being well lubricated with Sazerac's and Pinot Blanc. He spoke in more detail about his company, NetPro, founded while he was married to his first wife, Melody. He dwelt once again on the details of the stealth virus, and then became maudlin when he spoke about his ostracism by the Roe and Thorpe families. It was at that point that the cell phone in Uncle Harry's pocket buzzed again, as it had so many times during the afternoon, and he wearily answered it. After listening for a moment, he rose and went into the hall. From the sketchy parts of the conversation Martin had heard, his uncle seemed angry and threatening. "'God damn it! Harass me any more! My wife!' His voice rose in pitch and volume, and his anger obviously mounted even further. "'And I'll just sterilize the whole shitty operation. Just wipe it clean!' You know damn well I can bugger everyone that's been implanted. And by God, I'll do it, too, if you don't play ball. Then silence. Uncle Harry returned to the dining room, once again deeply preoccupied and no longer talkative. Pamela had then made small talk to fill the conversation vacuum. Perhaps half an hour later, Roger, the burly young butler, came into the dining room and whispered something into Uncle Harry's ear. "'Are you sure?' Roger nodded. "'Only the motion sensors in the southeast quadrant.' "'Send Eric and Claus out there to investigate,' Harry ordered. "'I already have, sir.' Roger faded into the shadows, but did not leave the dining room. "'Don't worry,' Harry said to Pamela. "'It's probably just another malfunction.' To Martin, he explained, "'This has been happening at almost this same time every night for the past week. Our security never finds anything.' A cell phone buzzed in Roger's breast pocket, and when he reached into his jacket to extract it, Martin got a fleeting glimpse of the handle of an automatic protruding from a shoulder holster. Roger listened to his phone for just an instant, and then said, the disturbance has moved around east of the house, sir. I think you should leave the dining room and go where you're less exposed. He began drawing the draperies over the windows that comprised much of the east wall. Pamela's face became ashen. Harry started to help her up from the table. Martin was also about to rise from the table when the glass of the nearest window had suddenly imploded, showering everyone in the room with a burst of splinters. Roger dived to his left and dragged a screaming Pamela to a prone position so he could cover her with his body. Harry was flung backward until he almost sat on the dining table, but then slowly slid off onto the floor. Martin was across the table from the window and closest to the west wall of the room. In reflexively jumping backward away from the eruption, he ended near the light switch. He reached over and flipped off the overhead chandelier. Only the feeble light of two candles remained. Raising himself momentarily, Roger struck down the nearest candle and pulled the drapery over the shattered window in an effort to screen everyone from the shooter's view. He then slid Pamela to a different spot on the floor before he crept to examine the inert form of Harry. 
Martin joined him there. Harry struggled noisily to breathe through the bloody froth coming from his nostrils and mouth. Martin tried to raise his uncle's head and shoulders to make breathing easier, but his hand sank into a cavity from which Harry's right shoulder blade had been blown away. Roger hastily dialed 911 on his cell phone and spoke into it with authority. "'Send police and an ambulance to the Roe Mansion. Two hundred San Marcos Way. Mr. Roe's been shot, and there's a sniper on the grounds.' The mortally wounded man gasped something, but Martin could not understand what he said. He wiped some of the blood from his uncle's mouth, hoping to make breathing easier, and said, "'Don't talk, Uncle Harry. An ambulance is on its way. Hang on.' Pamela crawled to Harry's side, sobbing. "'Just hang on, Harry. My God, just hang on.' Harry made a feeble move.